Welcome to Wandering Into Wellness. Welcome. Welcome back, Finn and Lydia, as per usual. Um, we're very privileged to be joined uh, today by Shubhamrita, um, uh, one of the primary disciples of, of Amma, uh, one of the great spiritual leaders of the world, uh, also one of her primary translators, I believe. And um, he's a disciple of, of Amma's for over 30 years. Um, and in touring Ireland uh, for a few days? Uh, for a couple of days, yeah. Okay, so we're like, We've been very privileged in the last couple of months to speak to people from some other um, spiritual, you know, uh, disciplines and backgrounds. I suppose we're we're so fascinated because for us having somebody here of of your you know um, your your stature when we we're walking into the world as as spiritual maybe you know children maybe not not knowing so much we always have these these kind of these questions of like how we we see ourselves as a distance between ourselves and yourself mm-hmm. and. I, we, I always, I always find that there's a, the, when it comes to the practice of things, the practice is, is innately simple. Is, is that your feeling, or do you feel? Is, there, is your daily practice? Does it have to be very disciplined? Do you, do you attain a, do you practice a very different life from those around you as a result? Well, uh, first of all, uh, you know, we are all the travelers on the same path so you know you don't need to think that you know you you are far away and you know we are somewhere close because we are all travel pilgrims on the path towards the truth and uh, talking about practice I feel in the initial stages yes you know you need to have a proper discipline you need to uh, go deeper into it you need to have a fixed routine which really helps you to kind of enjoy it in a much deeper way. Okay. Yes, uh, but there are times like with with my with my practice, you know, sometimes I'm traveling so much and uh, so many engagements. Yeah. So it may not be able to, it may not be possible for me sometimes to keep a fixed routine. But uh, I think through practice, what you reach is a stage where you somehow try to remain connected okay. whatever you may be doing yes i would never say i'm successful every time okay. but uh, at least there is a at least there is an effort from me and also the mind somehow automatically tries to connect to okay. to the presence you know whatever you may be doing so, so i feel that yes practice is important but then slowly you know we need to reach a stage where Every action is a meditation. Yeah. Every activity that we do is a way of connecting to the divine. Mm. So, of course, it's a quite an exalted state. But you yeah. know, it's a, you know, our efforts have to be towards that. As, yeah. as far as we can. Yeah. yeah. Lydia and myself were talking about the, that routine of daily practice and how to insert that as busy Westerners. I think I think yeah. we, we've we've lost a certain amount of spiritual connection yeah. Yeah. for that reason, and we excuse ourselves by saying that we are busy or too yeah. busy. Yeah. <laughs> Like I think you were you were kind of wondering what's the like are there ways in that we can give people that that for yourself for myself for yeah. for our listeners as well that that you feel are are easily attainable that might be a good starting point. It's true. Uh, what you said about busy busyness is very is very true for now. I think all age groups you find even little ones saying I'm too busy. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I I always feel you know when we grew up. Our parents, our teachers always said, you know, don't just sit, do something. Mm, And we were asked to be active. But I think, you know, we have really identified so much to it 
that at times we have to say the opposite to ourselves. Yeah. Don't just do something, sit. And do you think so, part of the problem is because we've, we've encouraged kids to constantly be active? I mean... I wouldn't say that is the, the basic problem. It's, it's also basically the way, you know, life has uh, developed. Mm. Uh, you know, the speed of life has increased quite a lot. Mm. And uh, that also has kind of taken us in its web. Yeah. And along with the speed of life, the speed of the mind has also increased quite a lot. Yeah. So, you know, so when we say I'm very busy, you know, it, it in fact refers to two things. It's one is the activity outside, yes. which you are referring to. But, you know, in reality, there's a lot yes. of busyness inside. Yeah. So I think that's why it becomes very important in today's times to know that uh, the, the way that I can also still my mind. Mm. Because... Uh, the knowledge of making the mind run faster, you know, making it efficient mm. is, is surely needed, you know, is in today's age we are supposed to multitask, you know, we are supposed to do many things at one time. Mm. And we have somehow kind of learned that art very well, how to make the mind run fast. But at the same time, if you don't know how to stop the mind, yeah. then you know you're always in a danger there's no breaks and yeah. i think mm -hmm. i i think one of the troubles is if you are on a practice of meditation mm -hmm. yeah. and you're maybe at the beginning of the journey or in fact at any stage of the journey the mind has an amazing habit of running towards thoughts and busyness and filling itself up with yeah. stuff in order to avoid the sitting mm -hmm. and the being still yeah. and so yeah. that becomes this lovely excuse for ourselves yeah. and and when you get down and you sit on your mat or you sit wherever you're sitting and you allow that chance for mm. yourself to just drop in just to be still mm. you realize oh this is the thing that I need yeah. this is the thing my body's telling me yeah. that I want yeah. but we just have this habit of attaching to our mind running towards stuff yeah. in order to avoid as that technique well I would I would put it this way, I would say that the mind is one of the most amazing salesmen you can ever find. <laughs> because, because, you know, when you sit for meditation, your mind knows very well that, you know, if this person goes, if he goes deeper into it, slowly he is going to be my boss, I am going to be the servant. And I don't want that to happen. I want to be the boss. I want to dictate terms to him. So then the mind comes up with so many tricks, saying that this is more interesting. Are you wasting time now? This can be done tomorrow. There is a concert going on nearby. Go there. Or, you know, do you know what's happened in the news today? Or what's the latest score in the, in the game that's, playing, that's happening now? So your mind somehow tries to dissuade you from going deeper into the practice. And when you finally fall a trap to it, and it says, yes, you know, yeah. I, I got yeah, yeah, yeah. it, I got him. So yeah. the thing is that it is so important that we see the activities of the mind very clearly mm -hmm. and say that, yes, you know, I'm, I'm seated here to meditate, but my mind is going all, all over and it's trying to make me do many things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I am not going to just obey the mind. Yeah. I'm just going to sit, even if... It's a, it's a havoc inside me, but it's a, you know, it's a turmoil inside me. I, this half an hour that I'm supposed to sit, I am going to sit. Yeah. So what happens is slowly as we don't fall to its pattern, you know, we don't really fall a prey to what the mind wants us to do. After a while it starts saying, okay, you know, 
tell me what to do. It's getting so, to be yeah, good yeah, yeah. as well. There's a, so, there's a certain amount. Yeah, you, you, there is a release that you feel yeah. and you feel, you know, you are more in control of the mind. So, yeah. yes, in the initial stages, there is always a challenge, you know, because your mind somehow wants to uh, take you away from that state of stillness or meditation yeah. and do something else. Yeah. And uh, slowly, but as you sit and, you know, you observe your mind more and more, you see the thoughts very clearly, you know, you see them from a distance and that, you know, helps you not to identify with it very close. And I think it's, it's that key point of, um, of when the mind, when you realize that you are not your mind, that, that that is a separate entity, that there's a chance to make space between those two things. Because sure. I think when you first start, it, for most of us, it, we just assume the whole thing is one thing yeah. that there's no chance for us to have that space between acting and reacting yeah. Or, yeah. or observing and, and observing how, how am I reacting to this what's coming up for me and what are the patterns that are repeating again and yeah. again and then how can I begin to make those yeah. changes yeah. it is, it is uh, very true what you're saying it's because of the closeness that it comes between us and the thoughts, you know. Mm. It's like we become one with it. We identify yeah. to it totally. And once this identification becomes so strong, then uh, it's very hard for us to see it in a, in a right way. An example that Amma gives is always when, you know, when you are too close to a painting, you know, if you keep a painting this close and see it, you know, you only see dots and, mm. and lines and some colors. But when you stay at a distance and look at the painting, you enjoy the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. So it's the same with our mind. You know, when, you, when you're too close, you don't see anything properly. Mm -hmm. You know, you are in a haze. But when you go, step back and see things, you see things more clearly. Yeah. It's this, with thoughts, with life as well. So mm -hmm. that's why to be a witness to the thinking process is in fact a very important step. Because yeah. that really helps you to to see things clearly and then you say, oh, you know, I am i haven't invited you, so you, you know, you're coming, but, you know, I'm, I don't label you, I don't give you any attention, you know, I don't try to fight with you either, I'm just a witness to what is happening. So once you withdraw the attention from a thought, that thought automatically starts losing strength. That's the beauty you're of it. You're not feeding it. Yeah, yeah. because it's your attention that feeds the thought. So when you withdraw it, the thought be automatically becomes a bit helpless. Yeah. And then, you know, after a while, it cannot, it cannot trouble you anymore because you are not feeding it anymore. Yeah. So it's like, a, you know, uh, it's like an actor, you yeah. know, who's putting, an, who's putting a performance on a stage. What really makes the actor so inspired to put a performance? It is the attention of the audience. Yes. Yeah. If the hall is empty, and the actor is on stage acting, you know, people may think, what's wrong with him, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's the same, That's you know, in the, in the stage of our mind, there'll be all kinds of thoughts that play different roles. But, you know, if we can withdraw the audience, yeah. you know, you, you see that, you know, everything subsides. Yeah. With your own um, progression, like in terms of meditation, in terms of your attitude, your mindful attitude to life, how early in life were you introduced to practices like meditation? Did you do you do you do you remember the time when you weren't so uh, so, so aware of yourself and your thoughts? And and, and is that has that progression been was it a very sudden one or, or how did it? 
Well, uh, for me, my whole spiritual journey started after I met my master, okay. after I met Amma. Okay. Uh, to be very frank, as a youngster, I had no such uh, spiritual inclination. Okay. You know, I didn't, I didn't even ever think that I would be in the spiritu in a spiritual life. Yeah. yeah. I was doing other things. I was uh, quite good in academics. I was okay. playing a lot of sport. I was okay. in dance and music and all these things. And I was enjoying it quite a lot. And spirituality was never in my set of priorities. Okay. But uh, it was my meeting with Amma that really opened this world to me. Wow. And uh, I could see, you know, the beauty of it the yeah. grandeur of it and the importance of it, you know, for, for every person. Wow. And, uh, yeah, for me, my first, uh, you know, the, the start of the journey was mm. the attraction I felt towards her presence. Okay. And that slowly, you know, also took me to understanding of spirituality, okay. understanding of spiritual practices. So, uh, you know, my first experiences with meditation was after I, I met her and okay. I started uh, visiting her, okay. that uh, I, I really started to put efforts to, to meditate. Okay, and was it, was it by chance or how did you come to, to meet Amma? Do you remember what was the introduction <laughs> or do you mind me asking? Sorry. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I, you know, they say, as they say, there's, uh, there's nothing called chance, chance or nothing called point. coincidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, maybe it was supposed to happen at that okay. juncture of yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, I met Hema during her first visit to a city called Mumbai okay, in India, yeah, yeah. which is one of the major, uh, you know, the major cosmopolitan cities. Is that where you grew up? I grew up in okay, Mumbai. Mumbai okay. Yeah, and uh, in fact, one day my parents came home late. They had gone for a function, and uh, I asked them where they were, and they said they had gone to meet a, a great saint, a great master from. Kerala, that's the southern tip of India, yeah. and uh, they were really so so happy, and they said that it was a great experience, and uh, they felt that Amma was so full of love and compassion, and she was giving so much to all the people, okay. and uh, my mother casually asked me if I would be interested in seeing her. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, at that time, as I mentioned, you know, it was never in my interest. So I yeah. said, you know, of course, you, you know, you're free to go anywhere, let's, but please don't try. <laughs> don't force your ideas yeah. on me. Yeah. yeah, don't try it with me. That's you a know. child's job, yeah, you know, <laughs> to I, I, I wouldn't really be interested in going anywhere like this. Yeah. But it so happened that in, in a week's time, um, I was visiting the house of my uncle, mm -hmm. and I was... Uh, asked by my uncle to come to help him set up the place okay. know, to welcome Mama. And I tried my best to evade it, <laughs> giving, giving reasons that, you know, exams were coming, I had, I had a game that day and I had to be there and uh -huh. all this. But he was so adamant that I have to be there. So I went there to help him. And, uh, you know, after everything was over, he said, oh, you know, you just have to wait a little. You know, you have to welcome Amma to the house because he was going to drive Amma. So, okay. in the Indian tradition, the, normally it's the, the male member who also should be there. And his son was out of town. So, okay. he said, I have to do the thing. <laughs> and, and I thought, oh my God, this is, you know, he asked me to come to help and this is getting too far. <laughs> so, I, anyhow, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be disrespectful. So, I, I stayed back and uh, Amma came and... Uh, uh, you know, 
that first experience of meeting her for me was indeed very very powerful and uh, i spent a few minutes with her uh -huh. she asked me a few questions mm -hmm. but somehow for me you know though these were very simple general questions about my life about you know uh, about what i was doing and you know why why didn't i come earlier to see her and things like okay. that <laughs> but somehow after that meeting there was a big change that happened to me awesome. and uh, the feeling was as if she knew me from before and i knew her from before wow. and there was some some kind of a a connection that had got somehow disconnected that was getting you know connected again wow. uh, that was kind of the feeling inside me but you know I, i was not showing it outside but inside me it was like my whole world was turning upside down wow very and, sudden yeah and uh, you know i of course uh, i answered some of her questions in the way i could and then uh, she left in in half an hour time and for me somehow i could feel that you know there is something that is changing within and uh, i drove back home with my mom and the whole night you know the things that she spoke to me the questions she asked that kept going in my mind and uh, it was a very very different thing and i've always been very analytical i don't take things you know i, I really have to be convinced to yes. accept something yeah. so i was thinking why why is this happening why am i thinking of her all the time why can't i do something else but somehow those moments were so precious and it kept kind of you know coming to my mind all the time yeah. and uh, gave me a, a deeper feeling that i need to meet her again interesting and uh, that led me to the second day visit okay. and uh, it was one of the last days that amma was in mumbai okay. and then she left mumbai and for me slowly with every day passing i could see that you know there was a there was a great transformation happening in me things that were so important for me mm -hmm. that were my priorities in life you know didn't seem that important anymore you know i started thinking more about the purpose of my life okay. i started thinking of how can i really contribute to society things that i never thought of before all these questions became very pertinent to me and uh, somehow it drew me back because i'm from the same state that amma is okay so right. i had a chance to i have i was invited for a wedding so i used that chance to go and visit amma oh, cool. and uh, it was that visit to her place to a small center that we had those days now of course it's become the headquarters of the, our organization yeah. it was a small center those days but it was that stay which made me convinced that one week stay there which made me convinced that this is what i want to do in life Amazing. so it was not that you know i had it right from my childhood it okay. was something that i feel totally came after meeting her and a very sudden shift yeah it was but maybe you know there were some things that were yeah, already there yeah, yeah, yeah. Said, and that kind of amma just when the moment she came that kind of came up it's a very Precinct. when i remember the first time that i went to go and get a hug from amma and listen to amma and take part in the kirtan the thing that struck me was that we were in this big place in Ireland in this big center there were many many people there but when you walked in everyone took their shoes off and left their bags by the front door and there was no sense of someone might steal my bag or someone might steal my shoes there was just this feeling once you entered the building of complete trust mm. 
and everyone seemed to be reacting, responding to that feeling. And the children were running around, and everyone was kind of looking after the children. And if you didn't have the money, someone would say, "It's fine. You just have the food anyway." And then she came, and we queued, and I didn't know how would it be to have a hug, or how could that be? I mean, hugs are lovely, <laughs> but I didn't know how how would that feel. And afterwards, it was like. I can't really explain, but I left the place and I walked out into the world, and it felt like there was connection. It mm -hmm. just felt like connection, and I felt safe. I walking down the street, I felt like nothing's going to happen. It was just a bizarre feeling, mm -hmm. but it felt like everything was right. Mm -hmm. Everything was safe. Everything was okay. Just, just pure connection and trust mm -hmm. and love. And every subsequent time that I went back mm -hmm. to see Emma, that just was reiterated in me. Yeah. And it felt so strange that in the time between the times that I had met her, it would slowly dissipate. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, oh, do mm -hmm. I want to see her again? <laughs> oh, maybe not. And I'll just go this time. And oh. then the same thing would happen. So I imagine for you, it was just a much more profound mm -hmm. moment of that. Mm. I think, uh, you know, as you mentioned your experience, I think it happens to such a huge number of people mm. in Nama's presence because those moments that you spend there somehow you know you are transported to a very different realm mm. which in fact is not something you know which is which you may feel as oh this is not from this world yeah. in fact that's your real world yes you know that's what we are you know mm. in fact in essence we are that love we are mm. that peace we are that you know that tranquility so for th some minutes, somehow Amma gives us a glimpse of what we are in reality, mm. and you know you feel so expansive, yeah. you know you mm. feel uh, uh, you know so open, and it it is an indicator that you know yes you feel it very very deeply in Amma's presence, but also you know Amma always says that in fact this is something that you can feel all the time, mm. yeah. you know if you really have that tuning. To that presence, you can feel it all the time, irrespective of the place where you are. And she wants each and every one to kind of attain that. Nice. So, with with Amma's hugs, yes, you know, it's not normally people think, oh, it's like any free hug moment. But no. you know, <laughs> the hugs are, you know, yes, you know, I'm I, I'm not you know, belittling anybody, but you know, Amma's hug comes from a very deeper space. It is that, you know, it is uh, that that oneness that Hama, you know, kind of shows us that is that you know, and that hug, you know, it's like you merge into into something so infinite, yeah. and you know, it's a very different experience. And Hama says, through every hug that she gives, you know, she is she is uh, investing in people, you know, investing her energy in each and every person. She says she's also trying to awaken the qualities of motherhood in each and every person because that is something that man and woman both need, you know. For, just for a, a sense of nurturing, or yeah, as nurturing, okay. as as uh, love, as compassion, yeah. as patience. Okay. So you know, there is a there is a lot that Amma invests in each person that comes to her. Of course, the way it grows depends on how receptive you are and sure. how you, you know, you use that investment in, in the right way. Okay. And I think in you, when I was looking at listening to your talks that I could find online, oftentimes you were mentioning how important it is to find your life's purpose and mm -hmm. to find that connection back to source. Yeah. Um, and I was 
there's a little bit in, in the yoga teachings mm. that I would have read about, about source, and we talk about this, but I was wondering for our listeners who might not have heard of those terms, could you explain a little bit more about what that might mean and how that might look in reality? Well, basically, you know, we somehow have been conditioned to feel that we are very limited in many ways. Limited in, in strength, limited in love, limited in power. And our when we say me or I, our whole focus is on this name, this this form, this uh, the b body, mind and the intellect. And we don't really see ourselves anything more than that. But our true nature is much bigger than what we feel, you know, we are. So uh, we somehow have to, you know, we somehow have to first, you know, tap into this, this deeper source within us, understand that, you know, the, the true me is not just these, these uh, uh, external things that I feel I am, you know, I mean, ex when I say external, you know, anything that other than the self that we feel we are, but I am much, much more bigger than that. And that, uh, when I say return to the source, it is, you know, returning to that, that essence of who we are. Because in reality, every aspect of creation is nothing but that consciousness, you know, is nothing but that truth. But, you know, we somehow have kind of put ourselves in a, in a, in a small bracket and we have cut ourselves from from the uh, from the infinite it's like a wave thinking that it's different from the ocean mm -hmm. you know a wave is in the ocean but it thinks it's different but in reality is it is a part of it the moment it realizes its nature you know it's such a it's such a release it's mm -hmm. such a freedom so it's basically not being the the small person you know but you know kind of understanding yourself as the infinite being so that is in fact the the reality of each and every person so when we are focused on this limited on these limited uh, being uh, limited features that we feel we are the body mind and the intellect that's when all the problems really arise you know, that's when, you know, we, we struggle with, with things, that's when we, we really uh, fall into, you know, fall into all the, because there is the I, there is the you, there is so much of duality, that's when we fall into the web of negativity and, you know, I am bigger than you, I am greater than you, you know, uh, I don't like this person, I like this person, so all these things really come from that just to go from there and try to go deeper and understand who I am and connecting to that source. So uh, it, is, it is something that really, you know, transforms your life completely when you have this understanding that I am not just this body, mind and the intellect, I am much more bigger than this. Mm. I was, uh, you know, recently, uh, just a few months back, one day I was serving food in our center and uh, there was a child who came to take the plate and Amma looked at the child and said, you know, is this food too much for you? Will you, fin you, know, will you finish eating everything? And she looked at Amma and said, Amma, don't worry. I am much bigger to the inside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good one. So Amma looked at me and said, see, this child conveyed the truth in such a beautiful way. We are yeah. all so big to the inside, but we don't realize it. You know, we just think we are that that small, you know, that small being.
great but, analogy. Yeah, but when you when you really understand that no, my true nature is is the is the Atman. You know, yes, the, you know, I use my body to realize it. I use my mind for contemplation. I use my intellect, you know, for for the right kind of discrimination. But you know, I am not just this. I am much beyond it. So connecting to the source is connecting to that power within. Mm. And and so our body that we have and the body that we relate to yeah. now, that's like the vehicle yeah. in order to get Of course, to that. yes. Mm. It is a vehicle because we need the body. The body has to be kept healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to, this is a very, you know, it's such a great instrument that God has given us to, to realize that essence. So we have to keep it healthy. We have to protect it. We have to nurture it. But, you know, it should not be with the it should not be just to pamper it it should also be to use it for a higher purpose mm. okay. so when you say pamper it you make it you made a that, that child had a great analogy with with food like for me food is a huge part of my life mm -hmm. and i see external to me as well how in some maybe very basic way food seems to help build a sense of community and yet it's kind of a sensory pleasure mm -hmm. do you, is that like a is that a disagreement because in some ways it's kind of like, you know, mouth pleasure, pleasure of the senses, maybe something to be forgotten or, 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 or to be grown beyond. But then for, I, like, I, I see it in, you know, um, I think like Jamie Oliver's food culture where he's got to people sitting around and, and eating and suddenly they're, they're beginning to think of, you know, people around them and sharing and these sorts of things. So what, how, how do you feel about that? Well, uh, you know, if food can lead to greater social activity mm. and help to people uh, surely you know there's nothing wrong in it yeah. uh, but you know talking about food and you know the the liking towards it mm. uh, yes we all have our likes and dislikes you know we all have our tastes you know you may like certain kinds of food mm. i may prefer something else that's my next question yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know it it really differs from person to person you know yeah. with, with the thing the food is a very important aspect because you know food in in the Indian scriptures is not seen as different from the truth. Okay. You know, it is it is seen as as Brahman. You know. Because okay, because right. uh, without the food, mm -hmm. you know, the the body cannot sustain itself, and without the body, you cannot realize who you are. But yeah. the problem comes when you know you kind of are stuck with it without kind of uh, thinking about a higher purpose to, gotcha. to what you are okay. consuming. So you elevate the food yeah. above the Yeah, you, you yeah. kind of, you know, you're just caught up with the food and the taste element yeah. rather than thinking that what is this food really, you know, helping me to, to achieve. Yes, okay. my, when my body becomes strong, my body becomes healthy, yeah. then that helps me to go much more deeper into myself to, to do my practices, to help others. Okay. So it becomes a way for you to know the truth. So, you know, this, this body has to be used that way. Okay. And that whenever it becomes an obsession, yes. then that is the, the real danger. Because you are then, you know, you are away from the real goal of why you should be taking care of the body yeah. you know and you are just stuck on on the on the food elements so and uh, any kind of you know as you you mentioned about you know eating this food and that food yes you know food always gives you the pleasure it always gives you the satisfaction i'm always says you know that's one thing where people would say i had enough 
you know yeah. i don't need any more i had enough with any other desire sometimes with money or position That's should true. we give me more give me more but yeah. with food you would say no no Your thank you thank you i my stomach is full i can't take anymore yeah. but at the same time we also have to understand that with any kind of desire mm. just you know you you don't get over it just by consuming more and more yeah. even with even even with food <laughs> even yeah. with food that's the thing you know okay just to give an example you have an ice cream you yeah. know that you like very much yes you know you enjoy the first cup Mm-hmm. you know you enjoy the second cup mm. the third cup you somehow the enjoyment is a little less it's a bit sickly. The, yeah the, fo- <laughs> the fourth cup you're like oh my god you know how am i going to finish it yes. fifth cup you don't want to see it here it's like no it's it's done yeah. so the thing is that if that object alone would give you happiness yeah. that would just keep going yeah 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 but yeah. you know you yeah. see that yeah. after a while it after a while it doesn't it doesn't make you happy anymore yeah. because you you don't even want to see it yeah. the same the first cup that made you so happy yeah. the fifth cup really you know somehow makes you feel so averse to it yeah. so the thing is if the if the happiness is in the food yeah. then it should have kept you happy but yeah. it does it so with 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 right. any kind of any kind of sensory pleasure mm-hmm. that's the thing we think i experience it a little more and i will be complete yeah. see it all comes from the basic feeling of incompleteness within uh-huh. so you think i get a little more and i'm i'm going to be complete yeah. but that never ends you know that never really takes you there it's not a satisfying and when you yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and that kind of comes back to when you a lot of your talks are about the joy of living and mm-hmm. how can you find joy mm-hmm. in daily life yeah and that comes back to the same thing i imagine mm-hmm. isn't it it's not it's about connection yeah. it's about realizing that you can be complete you're complete as you yeah. are yeah. and it, it's not until you get the next thing that you'll be happy or yeah. if i have that house that i'll be happy mm-hmm. or yeah. when i'm completely well i'll be happy it's how can i find happiness in this moment that i'm living right now mm. do you have tips for people listening <laughs> what's the first step towards that well uh, you know when we talk about joyful living i think some important elements that are uh, you know very very vital in this in this journey towards experiencing joy in life i would say one is you know to to understand your self worth and mm-hmm. to and to love yourself uh, it's not just loving the small identity that you are of course you need to respect that as well but you know it is loving who you are in essence and once you have that that love once you have that that true self love within then you're not dependent on anything external for making you happy you know at present at present we are so dictated by our happiness is so dictated by others words and actions isn't it Maybe so it you, when you say something i start flying you know i'm so happy mm. you say something opposite i am all depressed mm. so what does that mean it means that you know i am a slave in one way isn't yeah. it and you have my remote control <laughs> you know what <laughs> you know what button to press to make me happy and what button to press to make me all sad yeah. so why do we need to give the remote control of our happiness to a situation or to a person because it's not you know of course that person may be a very nice person or you know the situation may be okay but everything in this creation is changing so you know if you are dependent on anything external for your happiness after a while 
that happiness is not going to remain the same. Mm. And we all would want to be happy 24 by 7, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you never hear somebody saying, oh, I would love to be happy at 8.15 in the morning yeah. and 10.30 <laughs> at night. <Yeah. laughs> you only hear people saying, oh, I want to be happy all the time. You know? yeah. So this is something that is very important. So when you understand your self-worth, you don't depend on anything outside for happiness because you know that it's there right within you and you cherish it more and more. The second thing I feel also it's important is to uh, to be aware of uh, you know the the uh, thoughts in the mind to be aware of the the inner traffic mm -hmm. and uh, that is extremely important because these are things that take you away from those moments of joy. You know, the, the, yeah, the wandering of the mind into the past, the future. It really takes you away from the moment when it is uh, so filled with, with joy and happiness. So to be aware of this traffic and also, you know, we sometimes allow one small thought or a small worry to kind of destroy the happiness that we experience. You know, so example, you know, you have a beautiful morning, you're enjoying the, the sunshine, uh, just like today, yeah. <laughs> enjoying the beauty of the garden, you had a very nice cup of coffee, you had a very good yoga session, everything is fine. And then you are driving and you know you reach somewhere and you have a parking issue. <laughs> <laughs> Ruined. <laughs> Sometimes that for, for, if you're not careful, that one thing is enough sometimes to, to take, away, take you away from that, mm. that joy that you felt the whole time. And then this person at the end of the day may say, oh, I had such a bad day. Mm. But it was just one thing that took you mm. away. So to be aware of the inner traffic is very important. The third thing what I feel is so important is to have gratitude towards life. Towards, because that really keeps you joyful. Because you see every situation differently. You see that you know, there is so much that every situation is teaching me. You know, and it's making me more and more mature. It's making me more and more, uh, you know, grow in the in in the spiritual path. And the fourth factor I feel that can really keep people uh, happy is or joyful is by you know practicing giving in life, mm -hmm. giving and sharing because uh, they are like two sides of a coin. You know, mm -hmm. giving and joy. You know, it, you cannot separate them because if I give you a flower, yes, it makes you happy. But before that, you know, when I take that flower in my hand, it's already made me happy. Yeah, so, the idea. Yeah, the idea of giving it, the thought of giving it itself has filled me up. So I think these are all important things that we sometimes need to remember in life. Brilliant. Yeah. I love that you didn't go with the magic three either. I know. It's so often three. I love that somebody broke that and gave us four <laughs> points. Yeah. Good. Somehow I'm stuck with the four. Right? <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah, and gratitude is so important, isn't it? And focusing on what's already working. So this year when I've been looking at um, setting intentions for my year ahead, or mm -hmm. how is I, we call them resolutions, mm -hmm. but I like to think of it more as intentions. Um, and one that really resonated with me was focusing what was on on what was already working for mm -hmm. me because it's really easy for example at christmas i had a sinus infection and it was the first time in my life i had a sinus infection and it took over everything in my life mm -hmm. i was trying to teach yoga i couldn't put my head upside down everything was in my face i couldn't 
everything, every way I felt like I was relating to the world was mm -hmm. through this. And I first started feeling really positive and I went to the health food store and I got all the things that Finn recommended and I was taking uh -oh. them. Give him good business. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. Did they work though? <laughs> Here's the story. I felt they were serving me. <laughs> yeah. I was feeling positive. I did my yoga breath practices. I had my neti pot. I was doing all the things and I felt good. And then after two weeks, nothing. And then mm. after three weeks, nothing. And I started to why is this happening and I live so healthily and I'm trying all these things and what's happening and I really started to feel frustrated and caught in the narrative that I was telling myself and then one day I just had this moment of saying my legs are working my feet are working my arms are working hang on my heart's working hang on so much of the things in my body are working right now and instead I'm just obsessing about the one area of my body that isn't working and in that moment it just changed everything. It just shifted. It was like, oh, okay, no, I, I see what's happening Context. here. Context. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's how I can get perspective on this. Perspective. And it was such a powerful moment because I'd heard it said in so many times that it's hard until you're in that moment of suffering. It's very, well, it's not very easy, but it's easier to be grateful when everything's going great. Let's just go grateful, possibly. Exactly. <laughs> once you're yeah. in pain, once yeah. you're in suffering, uh, it's a harder challenge. True. It is, it is a harder challenge. But, uh, you know, when you really introspect and analyze it properly, you know, you can see that, you know, it is teaching you so many important lessons in, in life. And then, you know, automatically that shift happens. You feel very grateful. I always say this, you know, life is a very unique teacher. It always mm. gives the exams first and the lessons later. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's brilliant. Oh, that's brilliant. That's very so, good. Wow. So, you know, normally yes. it's the other way. You yeah. learn the lessons and then, you know, get the exams. But life always gives you. And, you know, when you learn the lessons, that's when you think, oh, my God, this was so important in my life. So, uh, you know, when you really look back into life, you know, there's so much to be grateful for. Mm. And once that gratefulness comes in, you know, you, you are somehow automatically driven into that state of joy, mm. into that state of acceptance. You know, you're not resisting things, you're not fighting with yourself, and you are in a better frame of mind to find solutions to mm. things. So I feel, you know, having gratefulness in life is such an important step. Cool. Thank you, Thank you so very much. much. Wow. Thank you. That was, I really Thank enjoyed you. that a lot. Yeah. That. Really and fantastic. Really. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And, you know, keep up the good work you are doing, you know, helping people to develop healthy bodies and healthy minds. And I hope more and more people get inspired by your podcast and, you know, they take up to this life. Oh. Well, the teachers like <laughs> you, you, I think we will. Thank <laughs> you very much. Thank Cheers. you very Thank much. You so Thanks. Much. Thanks. No Thanks for watching, guys. <laughs> Thank you for watching. Please like and subscribe and tune in for more podcasts coming soon.